Welcome to Clit Talk. The Pleasure Positive Podcast. We're like the sex ed you wish you got. And then some. Pussy, pussy. It's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. Now, I like food, and I'm particular about my food to what I think is a healthy degree, but I ride right up to that healthy line. Then there's body obsession, body shame, right? I don't know anyone who doesn't have at least a little insecurity in that area, right? You're in luck today, Clitorati, because we have one of our very popular guests back to talk about this exact conundrum of how obsessing over food and your bod can block your sexual pleasure. Blast through those boundaries, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) You tell them, sugar. Watch out for her. Back by popular demand and clitorati depressed, we have the leading body image expert and TEDx speaker, the creator of Love Your Body, Love Yourself, Marla Mervis Hartman. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. I'm being so back glad with I'm that. here. We're so happy to have you. <laughs> and we, you just led us through an incredible um, exercise to really like get us in the mood in the studio and it was so amazing and we actually recorded it so for any of our listeners we'll talk a little bit about what that opened up for us but for any of our listeners who want to have access to that they can go to clip talk show backslash marla and they can download their free copy of the exercise that we just did but i don't know for me but it put me in the exact mood and really had me you talked about one part talk about the body parts that you love i grabbed my titties because i think they're great and then you (laughs) (laughs) and and then like you talked about grabbing a part of your body that you didn't love. And for me, it was so interesting because I didn't have, there's like, I grabbed my stomach because that's always like the area that I struggle with, but there wasn't that much for me. It's like when we actually got in, because the purpose, what was the purpose of the exercise again? It's like to really get in tune to your body, you said, right? To get in tuned and to realize that our body actually can talk to us if we let it. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. And what I realized is how my body, body is not judgmental, but I am. Your body just wants you to be in relationship with it and have a nice relationship. Yeah. There's no, my body has no judgment. So that was pretty profound for me when Good. we went through that. I had this weird experience with, I, I actually chose my hands as something that I love. And I actually heard them speak back to me, which I was like, whoa. They totally did. Um, but it was when I asked what they needed and they're like, just take your time. Like that's, I actually heard it in my head and I was like, whoa, like I haven't had that experience before of actually listening. So the exercise was really powerful for me, Marla. Thank that's you. wonderful. Yeah. To know that you can hear like that and that's the way your intuition is working with you. And that's a tool that you can use for so many different things. It's so accessible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The interesting part was when I touched the part of my body and I sort of did this side area, like where you get like rolls on the side in your shirt. And what was interesting, it was quiet to start with. Like I actually felt like a sort of numbness rather than a responsiveness. I felt like a numbness around that area. Yes. And I was like, Oh, and what I wanted to say was like, I'm sorry, you know? Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because what happens is the parts of our body that we don't like, we literally cut off. Like we we hide it. 
we get mad at it, you know, like say our bellies, and then we block energy. So even when we're doing maybe exercise to like get our bellies to like go away, when we're not loving it and we're not actually acknowledging that our belly exists, then the energy is not flowing through. Mm. I mean, it's law of attraction. Mm. And I've worked with this with a lot of mamas too who are so angry and they're just cutting themselves off from here down, from the waist down. It's like we have to, like our bodies will not respond to hate. Mm. Nothing responds to hate the way we want it to. Hmm. It only responds to love. And why do we think that our body would be any different? Some, um, something I loved about what you, you said is let yourself feel yourself. <laughs> Hashtag Marla Mervis Hartman. Let yourself fucking feel yourself. And what happened for me is you told us to pick a part of our body that we liked. And I grabbed my butt and I'm sitting down. So it's more like side butt right now. So I grab my side butt on either side. And this bitch starts throbbing, little pulses, like. And I was like, oh my God, I'm spiritually twerking right now. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my wow. God. I love that so much. Hashtag spiritually twerking. Jinx. Buy me a Coke. <laughs> I will. That was like perfect. That wasn't planned. Oh my God. I love that so much. I'm just going to say, Clarity, if you want to send videos of your spiritual twerking, you know, that would be Please. Fun. We're going to oh do a spiritual God. twerking contest. This is happening. Thank you. That's so great. Yeah, so we're so excited to have you back. And for those of you Clitorati who have been listening with us from the beginning, you remember Marla was on for episode 49 and 50. And yeah, if you have not listened to those episodes, listen to those episodes because we were talking, we did those over a year ago with you. And all of us in preparation for these episodes went back and listened, which we'll get into that was an eye-opening experience in and of itself. But today we wanted to make sure that we talked about something a little bit different. And when we were in our preparation call with you, you had mentioned a topic that I was like, wow, we've never done that before. And it was really how food and body obsession actually blocks our pleasure. Can you can you introduce us into that subject? Like bring us into that world? Cause I was like, wow, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, that's what we real <laughs> that's what we experienced here. Like when you were talking about being numb. Right? Like yeah. that that part of you that you're not allowing to be, you know, a, a part of your body is literally like being cut off. And when we're we're focused on food and we're focused on our body in negative ways, we have no there's no space for pleasure. It's like our focus becomes so small and it's it's tension. And pleasure doesn't exist in tension. And Pleasure can't exist when we are, I know in my experience, when I was overly dramatic about my choices with food, I was like, I was like in tunnel vision. Am I okay? Am I okay? Like, okay, so I'm eating this and now I have to exercise it away. There wasn't, there was no space. There was no allowing, like my body, like we were saying, my body was a vehicle to it was not a vehicle for pleasure. It was a vehicle to look a certain way. And that's what we've gotten away from in our society as women. We are at this place where we are like, we're to be looked at and we're getting pleasure by getting our likes on, you know, Instagram. And we're getting these little hits of dopamine, you know, around like what we look like and the angles that we can create or, ugh. But we're not getting the actual pleasure of like, okay, what would it be to actually Stand in a pose 
and then like actually bring pleasure into the body rather than I'm doing it for attention. Like how about internal attention and attention with myself? And if we're too focused on what we look like rather than how we feel, we're not available for that. Mm. I love that. I love the idea of, I hear like being the pleasure rather than looking this way so that I look like I'm experiencing pleasure, right? Which social media is such an interesting place, Marla, when you talk about body obsession. And I have three young daughters. So oh, it's, goodness gracious. Right? It's a real world that we're living in where not only um, posing, but actually like transforming the way you look using filters and apps and it's it's an interesting thing. So could you speak a little bit to how you see social media playing like maybe a positive and a negative role inside of body image right now? Well, I believe that there's a lot of great movements with positive body image right now. And we're seeing that in mainstream, which is huge. So I would say that we're moving in the right direction. And I speak to, with, to a lot of college students and some of their issues that they've brought up is not actually what they look like like in the flesh, but what they look like on Instagram. Mm. And I'm like, what? Really? Okay, that's interesting. And so I think it make, it plays a huge part of the piece, especially if, just think about the bombardment. If you're only following certain people who are giving images of, you know, bodies and and being retouched and fitness and diet this and diet that. And how can we do change and calorie restriction? That's just like, boom, boom, boom. Even if we're not looking for it. If I would have grown up in that society, I definitely would have been in and out of rehab centers. I know. (laughs) I know it would have been. I was already a mess, but like having that, I think is huge. Well, it's like, I'm, I'm an adult woman and, and I, and I, think I'm fairly confident in my body and the way that I look. And yet as we're sitting here, I'm almost embarrassed. I've used filters before. Of course. It's like I've used used all those apps, but, but it's here I am on this podcast preaching all this shit. And I'm one of those people out there furthering the conversation of Photoshopping and filters. And I'm just kind of sitting in awe right now and wondering what can we do when it's such a rampant thing to actually detach and have the strength to not let that run the show for us. Even if even if you are a fairly confident person, it is so commonplace to do those things now. Well, I think there's a healthy balance in that. I don't think it has to be yes or no. I don't think it's black or white. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's in my, that's in my experience. I mean, I, I um, deal with a lot of complexion issues. And, and I, it kind of comes and goes. And I was in this, I'm like, I was just had red on my face constantly. And I don't know why no one told me that I could use a filter. I'm like, (laughs) I'm just like, fuck it. I have to send this message. I mean, if you can look on some of my videos and you'll just see that I'm just have like red face. And then when I found that I could do a little filter. I'm like, well, geez, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it just calmed yeah. me down. It gave me a little confidence to share. I mean, I did it anyways, but I think it's just when we, I mean, you can tell when people are changing things so much. It, this is what it comes down to. 
It comes down to why are you doing it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. It really, if, if you're doing it for fun and you're, you know, giving yourself like, you're just like making your face look pink and you're, you know, and butterflies it's just fun, butterflies around. and it's just super fun, angelic, or you're just doing it for fun and it's artistic. But that exercise that we did of getting very in touch with why, like, what is the intention? Is there fear involved in that? And see, this is when it this is when we can go back to like the food obsession because so many people are just saying, "Oh, I'm being healthy. I'm healthy. This is just a healthy choice. This is just a healthy choice." And we get a lot of accolades for being healthy. I know I've done. I've had so many like you all you I was vegetarian and I was so careful about what I ate and I was always exercising and I was like, "You're so healthy. You're so healthy and your body's so great." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's not for the right intention. I'm a freaking wacko over here." So from the outside, it looks like I'm healthy, but my inside intention was from shame and from my fear of not being perfect. So if you're putting a filter on because you want to and what, whatever, but if you're doing it because there's this deep-seated disgust in yourself, then that's, that's what, maybe still use the filter, but deal with the disgust. Right. Mm. So, so that's like how you would define a food obsession. If you're doing it because you're not disgusted by a part of yourself and you're covering with the food obsession. So I had a hard time cutting sugar out. So I didn't have any tension when I was pregnant because I was just eating donuts all the time. And then there was Christmas right after I gave birth. And then January just came around and I was like, I'm addicted to sugar. And I had to cut it out. And I've had eating troubles in the past where it was that disgusting part that I was hiding. And this time it was like, I just kind of want to see if I can go a month and how this impacts me if I have more energy. So when you work with people who have a past history of like eating disorder or, um, and now they're in a point in their life where they're not disgusted by their body, but they're really just are trying to make a healthy choice. How do you coach them to really ride that line and not cross it? Very good question. Because I've had these moments in my own recovery where I've had to change my diet because of some foods, because of some health issues. And when I decided to change these things on my diet, I had, I had, to, I had to slow it down. Like my doctor's like, you need to do this. And, and I was like, okay, I'm going to change these things. I'm going to get rid of the sugar. I'm going to get rid of this. And I literally went into like, oh my God, I went into complete panic and complete fear. And it started triggering my eating disorder brain. And it, my and so I slowed it way down. And I did my internal work around it. And I got really clear on why I was doing it. And I talked to that part of myself that was concerned. I'm like, no, we're not doing this because we're wanting to lose weight. And we're not, we're not doing it because of all the reasons we did it before. But I could feel like the PTSD. I could feel the, the fear show up. So it's, and it's, so when I decided to actually do it, it was like, I think it took me two months before I actually dove into this new way of eating because, because of that. So I think it's, it's like you can get a salad and you can make a really nice salad and you can, I've done this before. I've looked at the salad. I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks like, this is a diet salad. I need to add like 
some other things into uh, it, right? So there has to be like, it, it, it's like a line, like where is too healthy or, you know, that is pushing it over the edge and for everyone, it'll be completely different. Hey there, Clitorati, it's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really wanna take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week, and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex, and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So, I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk, and they were an overwhelming yes. So now, you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there. And if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough. So do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. And I know I thought I was obsessed with food. And then I realized that I was just fucking hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just fucking want macaroni and cheese. (laughs) I was thinking about it constantly. I'm like, why am I thinking about food all the time? Why am I thinking about food? It's because I wasn't nourishing myself. I wasn't actually eating anything of substance. I was. I mean, I re- when I realized that, I did the same thing. I started cracking up la- laughing. Yeah. Once a month when I am PMS, the day before my period, I that's my day. <laughs> that is <laughs> one of my favorite days of the month is the day before my period. And I allow myself the space to eat as much as I need to eat. And I thought about it and I was like, in the past, I used to like make myself so wrong for like overeating. I've been really good with myself the last couple of years. And so it just occurred to me recently, I'm like, I wonder if that's my body's way of telling me that it was just starving all month. (laughs) And so that's, it's like one day (laughs) to replenish itself or some shit. Cause I seriously eat for like enough for like a week on the day before my period. Well, when we think about PMS and they, you know, people talk about PMS and it's, we start freaking out and we're overly emotional. It's usually because we're not actually showing up and we're not actually allowing ourselves to share and be real and raw. So it could, that's something to look at. To to look at. Can, to look at like, maybe you need to start giving yourself a, a little bit more food or nourishment. It's like, I don't even think about it though. It's like, I'm like one of those people, like I can eat off, live off very little food. Um, I have like, I I just don't eat. I don't have a huge hunger throughout the days and the weeks. Like I'm fueled by other things. Um, I eat, I have Jasmine rice every single day. Um, and in my diet, it's like a staple every night. (laughs) Thanks for telling me. I'm not good. Good to know. Rice. I eat rice every day. Every day. Jasmine Jasmine rice once a day keeps the doctor away. Um, No, I just was trying to make the point that, like, I don't believe in don't eat carbs. That was my point of sharing that. Okay. My point of sharing that is that I'm not like, I don't believe in eating carbs. That's why I said that. Every time I see you, you're like eating pizza. Yeah. And I just saw you eating chips. Yeah. That's what I mean. The listeners can't see me. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. To go back to what our exercise was, this is just a good question to ask your body. You know, just notice how you're feeling when you're ovulating. Just notice, like, okay, actually, my body doesn't have much of an appetite today. And I'm listening to that. Or, 
you know, I probably could eat a little bit more right now. I mean, if that's what your body wants and you feel like you're in good dialogue with your body and you feel like you're listening and you don't have shame about your, the eating that you're doing before your period, then go with it. Yeah. But you ask the question. So there may be something for you to just keep in yeah. dialogue with yourself. Before Sugar brought that up, what came up for me was discipline. So that there's, that we are so trained as women from our society that we need to be disciplined around food. And even in like you were describing of your, how you've been with it, it's like, oh, you're vegetarian. You're so disciplined. Good job. And I feel like for, I know for me, there's, I go in and out of discipline and it's also, I get tired of it and and revolt against it. And it's like someone like sugar that can eat chips and pizza and jasmine rice every day. I don't have that same body type. But I look at her and I'm like, well, she can do it. Why can't I? <laughs> and then I'm like breaking my discipline. Right? <laughs> well, you what you're addressing here is a huge issue. Really. I mean, it's it's ta- it what what you would need to do is just to take that whole box of ideas and just go like this and throw them out and look at how you want to eat and look at how your body wants you to feed it and look at what is good for you you may find that you eat from the outside someone may say you're disciplined but you're actually doing it because you want to but see you're putting on this should it's like the should energy the should energy and if you can notice and and you need to slow it down, even meal to meal. Like, oh, I'm shooting myself into this meal, right? <laughs> or I'm shooting myself into this one. Or I'm not shooting myself and I'm going to totally. like eat this, right? Like pushing away. But you don't even really want whatever it was, but you're just pushing against the, the machine and society. And that's great. It's good to take your, your like, your take your gumption back and your power back, but not at the expense of your own body. Yeah, totally. And and it really, it's not intentionally trying to self-sabotage. And it's no, like, it's, and it's it wouldn't developing be at all. over time, right? It's, it's used to be a lot worse in college. After college, you're like, oh, wow, I actually just don't feel good when I eat that. So it's like, dairy doesn't work for me. So I just shouldn't eat it. And it's okay. I'm just built different. Right. So then to actually approach it a little with a healthier mind, right? With a, with a loving mind. Right. And with a kind mind in your own mind and not society's ideas that are inside your head. Like we have to start realizing like what, what are we being told? What have we been told as children? And what are our own thoughts? And when we get to know ourselves better and we begin to have a relationship with ourselves fr- from a place of pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. From not like getting the whip out and beating ourselves up into the, it needs to look this way. Of course, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to constantly be on ourselves with food and be obsessed. and uh, uh, uh. There's no way that your body would not want you to, to rebel. It's set up to rebel. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and like food was a reward. I mean, it, oh, yeah. there's so when you, when you, yeah, it's like when you bring when you bring up as a kid, it's like exactly. Well, it triggers those dopamine receptors. Yeah. Oh, candy's like crack cocaine for kids. Like totally. Like when I, I've seen my kids, like if they if they don't have sugar, they're like nice little people, and if they have candy, I'm like 
you are crazy. You're the devil. <laughs> it's like crazy for kids. So I have a question for you. You know, what do you do if you have, if there's someone in your life and you're concerned that they may be obsessing about food? How do you, how do you be a space? Like, what can you say? Is there anything you can do? Is it just their own personal journey? Like, how do you support someone that you may have a concern about? I just did a video about this. Oh, perfect. Ah. (laughs) Uh, So you can go to my YouTube and check it out. But it's a great question. And I think it's what I'm realizing. I've been asked this question three times in the last like three weeks. Oh, wow. So to me, that is, that's beautiful that we as women are opening up to the idea that other people are suffering because this this dis-ease or this struggle, like negative body image and food obsession and eating disorders is such a shameful thing mm-hmm. that women don't want to talk about it or they think they're alone or they think they're the only ones. They're like, I feel fat. She couldn't feel fat. Look at her body, right? I never like looked like I would feel fat, but I felt awful about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Isolating, right? It's Very. an isolating experience. And, yes. And the interest in other people is bringing us so yeah, what do we do, Marlo? What is the, the, the <laughs> we want the answer? answer. Yeah. Give it to you. Give it to you, baby. Tell yes. Me. Tell me the we answer. So tell. if we think somebody is struggling with with food or where it is, how do we be more receptive to other women? How do we open ourselves up a little bit more to the female experience that we're collectively sharing? Mm. Well, we and potentially need- shift the conversation. That's it. It's if you want to help another, you need to knock off your own negative self-talk. Need to knock it off like your diet talk. Like diet culture is so, like even the little things like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Or, oh my gosh, my butt looks so big in this. Mm. Like those sort of things are these little leaky ways that we put all all of this pressure on ourselves and the people around us. So if you have a friend you know who's struggling, don't talk about dieting. Do not talk about your body. Talk about other things. Like bring it back and get a little deeper. If it's a friend of yours and they're bringing it up constantly about food, like don't just say, oh, you look okay. That doesn't that doesn't Ugh. matter. Yeah. Do anything. I mean, it does not. I do get do frustrated. Anything. I Like, I have a friend that it's like, she can just eat and like, it go, I don't know where the hell it goes. And I tease her. I'm like, you have a hole in your leg. Because I'm like, what do you, she's constantly talking about, I have a flotation device around my stomach, which is not true at all. And I get so frustrated because here I am, somebody who does struggle with my stomach, to see someone who doesn't. Then talk about how they have this problem. It's like well, very frustrating. True. I mean, that's a big thing. And I, I don't mean, think it, I don't think she's trying to backhandedly tell me I have a problem either. I think she truly believes it. Sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to put that in because I think that's important to add to it. Yeah, and I think with her, it would you know would be honest. Like, are you okay? Like you're talking about this and you, you know, if you're good friends with her, you know, you're like, you know, my struggles. So when you say this, it makes me feel uncomfortable 
And but it makes me feel like there may be something going on a little deeper here. Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah. Damn. Well, that, do would, that. that would nip that. Do, do that. that. <laughs> I don't think about that anymore. Do that and then come back and tell, tell us, us how it goes. goes. <laughs> <laughs> do that and come back and share. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see how it goes. Yeah. Do it for shit. the show. But what what you just just said is she's complaining how she has something, and you're like, well, I have this. That's kind of just perpetuating the cycle for both women. It's right. not addressing right. it's what not, is real yeah. and raw. And we have to be willing to be real and raw and go underneath the fluff that's on top. And you can't negate that she feels that way, even though you can't totally. see it. Just like you were saying, you had, you don't look like you would have an issue, but you felt like you did. So we are all experiencing it at some level, regardless of actually what we look Well, and I think this really brings us into something that I know you really wanted to touch on tonight, Marla, which is like, honoring other women's bodies was something you really wanted to make sure we bring into the conversation. And so can you, can you touch Like how, how do we, how do we really truly do that? I'm sitting here and I'm like, I feel like I'm 90% there. Like I'm pretty good. Like I like the way I look, but yet I'm guilty of like all the things we're talking about at the same time. And it really does seem like there's a paradigm shift that's possible here. Well, this this practice that I'm going to share with you was done really selfishly for myself to figure out a way for me to stop comparing myself to other women because I, it was constant. Yeah. It was constant walking down the street, you know, like walking up behind her and getting beside her in the window to see if like, <laughs> is she thinner than me? Am I like, what do I look like? I had no concept of what I looked like. And I was like, oh, why would she wear that dress? Like her belly's hanging out of, I never would wear that. And my belly's smaller than hers. Like the thoughts that I would say and the things I would say about other women. And then just the constant comparing, there was no space for me to just breathe. So what I did was, I did this practice where everywhere I went, I enjoyed and I celebrated every woman's bodies. So I looked at their ages, you know, different ages and voluptuous and very thin and tall and long hair, short hair, bald, you know, all these different shapes and sizes and ages. And what I began to see is that there was beauty in every woman. And I got to go, wow, like you're rocking that dress with that big booty. (laughs) Wow. Like I would never have the the balls to do that, you know? And I began to find these little things in every woman. And what it did for me was, A, it stopped me and got me really aware of the negative things I was saying and was like, well, that's not who I am. I want to create a space where women feel comfortable. And if I'm in a space where I'm ridiculing, that's just sending vibes out, regardless if they can feel it or not. And that's what we're wanting to change. That's what I want to change, right? So not only did it help me in that way, but it allowed me to take the idea of beauty. And we have like this very small idea of what beauty, a beauty standard is that our society says. It's like the super thin, like, you know, you yeah. know yeah, what it like is. It's like we're battling this ideal woman in our own minds, right? Like exactly. what is this mm-hmm. ideal woman that I'm working towards is different from the one that Madison's working towards. Oh, That's fine. She Sorry. shared her real name the other day. <laughs> <laughs> she did. But I'm just, yeah, like this ideal 
image, right, that doesn't exist for our partners. It doesn't exist for the people that love us. It doesn't necessarily exist for our friends, right? It just exists in here. I've never met the woman in my head that I'm competing against. Exactly. Yeah. She doesn't exist. Exactly. The point is, is that our society has given us this idea of a beauty standard. Right. And by looking and seeing beauty in every woman, I began to notice that there was beauty everywhere. And then when I when I would look in the mirror, I was like, oh, I am beautiful. It allowed me to see myself differently. It allowed me to take this small idea of what I saw as beauty and expand it. And then it just brought more love and attention towards myself. And I know that it's it's supporting other women. Well, and when you feel good about yourself, you radiate more positively, which brings a more positive Amen. energy. And yeah, what I'm really, what I love about what you said, and what I'm really curious about is that it actually, because I have body dysmorphia, like I can't look in the mirror, I don't know what I look like, but it actually shifted what you, how you see yourself when you started to put more positive messages to of other about other women just in your head. Yes. Wow. I right. know. I'm going to try. Yeah, go. Yeah. Do it, it. it. And then come back and tell us what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly, like, I, I'm, I'm making a okay. vision board right now in my bedroom. And I'm, th- and I'm, like, putting up all the ideal bodies. And I'm like, what if I made a vision board with all different women on there and I learned to fall in love with all of them? That's what it is. Yeah. Aww. Well, I think it brings us right back around to what are we looking for? Are we looking for attention or are we looking for pleasure? And that is what you're, Mm. you know, that's the intention. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Where it comes from. Oh my God. I think you just literally changed my fucking life. Um, Anyways. Always have an awe. (laughs) Are you looking for attention or pleasure? It's so simple. Attention. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Usually. If, if you're not in pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marla, my God, thank you so much for coming back here. <laughs> oh, always mind-blowing. You're um, welcome. Where can the Clitorati find you? And I know that you also have some upcoming courses coming up. Yes, I always Tell, have something going on. I know, there's always something <laughs> happening. So loveyourbodyloveyourself.com and also thepleasureplan.org, which is my signature program, which I have groups and I also lead um, that privately, which is what I'm doing right now. Amazing. So awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Um, well, Clitorati, thank you. Um, make sure you turn in next week because we have an extra speci Speci? That's not a word. (laughs) We have an extra special episode again with Miss Marla. So we will see you next Tuesday. I did it. (laughs) Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit. Then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if we're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated and thank you.